Hello and welcome to Let's Go, our new Pelham House Resort podcast. I'm your host, John McCarthy, the managing partner of the Pelham House Resort in Dennisport, Mass., a 33-room resort with a brand new wedding venue coming to Cape Cod this summer season. With the times the way they are in the country right now, we've decided that we're going to have a weekly podcast a few times a week, and we're going to introduce some of our new Pelham House team members, introduce you to some of the latest goings-on at the Pelham House Resort, and this is episode one of Let's Go. Today, we have Chris Carlson, our food and beverage director, who joined us in the fall of 2019. Chris joined the Pelham House and has been with us since September, and we are happy to have him on our first episode. Chris, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, I, I'm i sitting at my house here in uh, Brewster, and I know you live in Brewster as well, and um, it's it's a pretty weird time right now we're working through, and I know that in our industry, um, there's a lot of unknowns right now. So I think a lot of people are just trying to figure out kind of kind of where we go from here and what's the next step. So um, in regards to this, I wanted to talk a little bit about you and I wanted to kind of ask you about how you got involved in food and beverage, kind of where did it start? How did you get started? I wanted to kind of let our listeners kind of into a little bit about who you are and how it all started. All right. Well, let's go. So yeah, like any um, any summer kid on the Cape, I we spent summers in Wellfleet, and I um I started washing dishes at age thirteen at um a restaurant where now Max and Wellfleet is, and it was a seafood place, lobster, fish and chips, grilled cheese, you know, classic Cape Cod summer destination, and um worked my way up there a couple of years, went from fry to flat top to cooking lobsters. Just every summer, month and a half, just hustling. Got it. And as that as that proceeded, what was your next step? Next step was I um, just wanted to keep learning and growing. So about sixteen, I started working at the Lighthouse Restaurant, which is another breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner restaurant in Wellfleet, and started cooking breakfast pancakes, eggs, you name it, and worked there until uh, graduated high school and then went off to Boston. Um, did a year at Northeastern, poli-sci with a minor in French literature, but just couldn't see myself following that path as I was still working in restaurants in Boston to you know pay rent and whatnot. So I ended up going to um, Newberry College for hotel resort management. And How many languages do you speak? I speak French fluently. I can understand kitchen Spanish, kitchen Portuguese, and you stick me in a country long enough, I learn the language pretty quickly. <laughs> in in Boston, how many different places did you work at? God, um, I would say six or seven. Wow. The longest one being the Cambridge Brewing Company, um, which is you know one of the first brew pubs in Boston. 
um, over in Kendall Square. Everything was kind of like before Farm the Table was Farm the Table. They were doing it. And I started off as, you know, just a lonely uh, line cook and worked my way up over eight years to executive sous chef there, training, doing this, doing that. Um, helped open a restaurant by Jillian's on Lansdowne prior to that. Friday Cafe on Newberry Street. Another cafe called the Bookstore, which used to be downtown across from the Meridian Hotel. So it kind of hopped around a little bit everywhere. So with those, with the experience in Boston, five or six places, was it back of the house, front of the house? Did you get experience in all parts of the, of the food and beverage world? Did some busing in Boston, did some waiting tables, and then a lot of back of the house. I found, you know, still now, but back then that was just, it's what I loved. I love the camaraderie going into battle you know, being creative every day was different. Every minute was different depending on, you know, what a customer ordered. So that was pretty much a lot of back of the house in Boston. So from Boston, did it, did you immediately then make a move to the Cape? Oh, I I was in Boston up until 2004. Okay. So from 94 to 2004. So, you know, 10 years. 10 years. Um, and then decided to move back to the Cape to raise my daughter because, you know, I had family here. So there was that babysitting support that I didn't have in Boston. And then um, I got a job as the saute chef at the Muse in Provincetown, which is, you know, a well-known restaurant. I would say pretty high end. And it was interesting going from, let's say, the brewing company where like nachos, fish and chips, and then some fun stuff, going to a restaurant where, you know, I had to get like a food dictionary out to see, you know, to understand exactly what was on the menu. But by the, but once I started working there and getting into it, cooking's the same. It's the ingredients you use and the passion. I mean, you know, before in Boston, I worked to work. But once I came to the Muse, I realized that that, I was good at it. I loved it. Going to work wasn't going to work. It was, it was going to play with food, arts and crafts, I call it. How how long did you stay at the Muse? Was there two years. Two years. And then I had by then I had bought a house in Brewster, and the commute was getting pretty long. So I got a gig over at the Rhubar with um, Dana Hellman, Aaron Webb, and um, Maria Polio, and worked there for two years, cooking away, having a blast. You know, learned a lot of stuff there as well. A lot more front of the house, you know computers, wine, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then my youngest was born and I wanted something different. So I became uh, the opening sous chef at a luxurious uh, assisted living in Brewster. Okay. And was there for almost 12 years. And at the end, I, you know, the last five years, I was executive chef slash director of dining services. And we completely turned the dining experience around from them, from the front of the house and the back of the house. Whereas, you know, a lot of assisted livings, it's more, you know, elementary school meals per se, you know, you get a month's worth of food on a, on your monthly mail. But here we did everything from scratch, changed the menu every day. Every resident was served table side as if they were going out to eat. So we brought the restaurant experience to them. 
That's amazing. What, what, how many years were you, did you lead that department? Five. Five years. Wow. Um, as you, as you continued your journey, obviously me and you have, uh, we've known each other for a long time. You've known what we've been doing at the Pelham for a couple years. And we've talked a little bit about the growth of the Pelham and where we were headed and, and the plan for having a brand new venue and maybe a rooftop restaurant. And you saw our lobby bar this, this past summer that we renovated and the pool area that's, that's been renovated. Um, I was certainly pleasantly surprised when you showed interest in kind of joining the Pelham, but can you give maybe our listeners a little bit of a kind of a, a, a an idea on what, what made you maybe take the leap to join our Pelham team? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it all started with these like impromptu meetings slash interviews this past summer. <laughs> or, you know, I'd get a phone call from you like Saturday morning on my way to the beach and you'd say, Chris, stop by real quick. And I'm like, John, I'm like, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, I don't worry about it. And, you know, we chat and just seeing the way your employees cruised around, the smile on their faces, the dedication, the loyalty, the passion, and obviously your passion and the story behind the Pelham house, keep it in the family. And then continuing by meeting the different, you know, the partners that without really knowing that I was going to meet one, just all these meetings and just being able to be myself and comfortable. And I knew there was something special there. And I knew that nothing like this has been built on Cape on a long time. And I honestly can't see something like this ever being built again on Cape Cod be it the building, the property, and also, you know, the opening executive team, you know, it's an all-star team. I mean, you can't find any anybody else smarter, more intelligent, this, this group of like nine people that are opening your property. It's been, it's been a pretty fun ride. And one thing that I think is really special is we've tried to surround ourselves at the Pelham House with a group of um, executive level uh, people in the food and beverage world, in the hotel world. And on top of that, one thing that I think you possess, I, I certainly hope I possess and, and what um, our team possesses is kind of being comfortable in our skin and, and just being comfortable with who we are and uh, really being comfortable being part of a team. And so it's pretty special to hear your story and to hear your experience and to, to have someone like you who's had the experience from 12, 13 years old um, till now is just such a great addition to the Pelham house. But I wanted to take a, a moment to kind of switch gears just a little and maybe uh, get a little bit lighter and talk about um, – Talk about a few different things. So what would you think your a unique skill that has helped you become successful might be? Hmm. I would say dedication, loyalty, and being able to listen before I talk. Being able to see what the issue is first, understand maybe why that person's, you know, 
didn't like the food or the server had has an issue with another server. Taking it all in and then able to work everything out without having, you know, without attitude or without making everyone feel comfortable, whatever situation it is. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it's certainly something that I've recognized as I've now especially got to work around you is that your ability to understand what we're doing, but also listen and then give the feedback based on that listening um, is very evident. And I'm somewhat more, maybe a little bit impulsive and, and I might be more quicker to, to make, make judgments or statements, but I can tell that um, the way that the, the way that you are, you're very thoughtful, like, and it's pretty, it's pretty great to, to see someone kind of take it in, um, evaluate, and then kind of make decisions from there. From there, what advice might you have for maybe someone young or someone that's kind of in the middle of their food and beverage career? What advice might you give to someone entering food and beverage? Would it fall around the same lines as kind of what they think? Step out of your comfort zone. You know, don't get comfortable where you are. You know, if you're there, take on bigger projects. Challenge yourself. You know, if there's another place opening up and you're not sure whether you want to do it, give it a shot because, you know, you don't want to sit back five years down the road and regret not doing something. It's like always keep challenging yourself. Yeah, I think that's probably good advice for a lot of professions and certainly for this profession. And with things with with a property like the Pelham House, it's really important for us to think out of the box with where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as you know, we I can't wait to have um, a lot of our our wedding groups and our uh, our leisure guests who have been coming year after year to get to see what we're doing. And to get to see the passion of people like yourself and me um, and thinking out of the box on kind of a fun, kind of a fun note, what profession other than your own would you like, would you have liked to attempt or still attempt? I don't know. I think I'd like to be an oyster guy, to be honest with you. Okay. What do you mean? Like, so how your schedule is based on Mother Nature, you know. Hard, you know, hard work. It's labor intensive and whatnot, but I, I enjoy it. I love being outside and it kind of meets everything that I enjoy. Have you ever done it before? I have not. Wow. Okay. Um, where's your favorite place to go or visit, and why? I would say right now, like the favorite place as a family to go is up to Lincoln, New Hampshire, Loon. Uh, we've been going there every year now for the past few years. And it's, you know, brings us closer together, spend all day together, skiing, making dinner, going out. And it's really, uh, it's an important trip for me yearly to go up there with the family. Yeah. I've been up to that area very often and, skiing is a lot of fun and it's certainly being up in the mountains especially in the winter time is um is really really great on a scale of one to ten 
How weird are you? Uh, I'd say a six. <laughs> I love it. Um, your Instagram, it has amazing photos that I'm seeing. Natural scenes of Cape Cod. It seems like it's a passion. It seems like you love the outdoor photos. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Are there places that you like to hike? Are there specific places that you focus on some of that photography or is it kind of spread out throughout the whole Cape? I would say it's, it's spread out mostly from like Dennis all the way to race point P town. Um, really it's just going out for walks, trying to, you know, catch a sunset before dinner or a quick walk and a sunset after dinner. Um, exploring. I mean, I think around here, I love like the national seashore. I mean, can park on the side of a road in Truro and just take the fire fire lanes all the way out to the ocean and you won't see a soul out there. Um, it's just, there's so many things to do on Cape besides the beach. Um, you know, just take a drive, park and just walk around, be at Lieutenant's Island um, or just down Main, you know, Main Street in P-Town. It's just wherever there's a good photo, good opportunity, I take it. And then that's... I- I have I have very little experience and understanding of Lieutenant Island. What what is Lieutenant Island? Um, it's well, uh, it's not really an island, but at low at high tide it is because it's like centered right out there on the marsh, Wellfleet Harbor. So at low tide, there's a bridge you go over, boom boom, seaweed everywhere, shells, and there's a lot of oyster grants out there. And you can park your car, you can walk around the whole thing at low tide, but at high tide, it's impassable. You have to wait till the tide goes down. And it's so just, there's houses on this island yeah. that at yeah. high tide you can't get to. Yeah, you can't get Would to on or off. Wow. A lot more summer houses, a few year-round houses, but it's just it's an amazing, amazing place to go just for a walk because you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. If you had one beach on Cape Cod to go to and hang out for the day, what beach would it be? Crosby Landing in Brewster. Low tide? Oh, either. doesn't matter. That's why I like it. Okay. I see that you might be a fan of soccer. Is that your favorite sport? Do you watch it a lot? I watch it when I can. But, you know, as I get older, I think, and especially nowadays, I'll watch anything as, as long as it's you know, sports-related. Rugby, lacrosse, high school soccer, it doesn't matter. As long as it's a good game, I'll watch it. What's your favorite genre of music? Do you listen to a lot of music? Do you have certain favorite songs, artists? Like, where does that fall for you? I mean, you know, I love the Alma Brothers. I love the Grateful Dead. But really, but I grew up listening to classical music. That's all my parents listen to. But um, I love everything. It just really depends on my mood. It can be metallic in the morning you know, Mozart for lunch and then, you know, Wu-Tang in the afternoon. It just just varies, (laughs) varies daily and constantly. Do you listen to music? Is it something that kind of like, is is it something that can kind of soothe you and kind of just kind of be to yourself? And like, do you, is that a common thing for you? Uh, Doing yard work, yes. And cooking, you know, cooking, yes. But like driving around, it's it's sports radio. Okay. 
I've been noticing for several years, based on checking out your Facebook, Instagram, and so, that there's some, at sporadic times, pictures and posts from NASA and the universe. Is that a specific interest that you're interested in? Like, are you are you are you really into kind of the universe and NASA? Um, tell me a little bit about it. I wouldn't say I'm really into it. I just love the photos. I mean, I think like everybody else, we have our impression of what certain things may look like out there, be it a planet, planets, rings. And then when, you know, one of NASA's telescopes is able to take a glorious picture, and then all of a sudden everything you thought in your mind is completely flipped upside down because you actually see it live, what this planet looks like or its rings or a star. So a lot of it's just based on, like, you know, my passion for photography and seeing these pictures, and my mind gets blown, and I'm like, man, I got to post this. I got to show everybody. That's usually the reason why I post stuff from, like, NASA and anything involving, you know, space photos. If I was just listening to this podcast now, I might argue that photography is right up there with potentially being an oyster farmer. Yeah, good call on that one. Yeah, I didn't think of it that, but yeah. If I could combine the two, it'd be a perfect world. <laughs> so we're getting close to wrapping it up. Um, a lot of our listeners, I think, are going to be pretty interested in not only hearing about our team, but hearing more about the Pelham House. During this time, a lot of people are at home. There's these stay-at-home orders. We got all this, um, all these things happening that have really never happened before. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was to not only kind of let our brides and grooms and and let our our guests that are going to be coming for to stay overnight in the summer and our guests that are going to come eat dinner on the rooftop I wanted to have them stay in touch with kind of who the Pelham is and what we're doing so I wanted to end with maybe me and you talking a little bit about this new project that we've started at the Pelham in regards to the rooftop restaurant, the venue downstairs, the lobby bar. But I guess in specific, one of the big parts um, of this project that you're obviously going to be involved in is the day-to-day operation of kind of a lot of our food outlets. And the biggest food outlet that I'm excited about is this rooftop bar and restaurant on the second floor of this new 13,000 square foot venue on the grass next to our hotel on Nantucket Sound in Dennisport. So I was thinking maybe you could tell myself and the listeners a little bit about what you think that experience could look like even maybe sometime this July. Well, I mean, it's all going to start with pulling into the property. I mean, the landscaping is going to be unrivaled. Um, you'll be able to walk in. You're going to walk in, you know, the front entrance of our new building. Stairs that walks into our beautiful um, function area. And then as you go up the stairs to the second floor, it'll open up. On your left-hand side, there'll be this gorgeous bar. And then windows everywhere looking out over the water. You'll feel like you're on a bow of a boat. Um, the energy is going to be beachy, Cape Cod with high-end service, amazing food from Chef Dan and Chef PA. I mean, there's no there's no other venue 
where you'll be able to feel at home, comfortable with the best food on Cape Cod. Have you been on the rooftop this winter in the in the midst of building this project? Yes, I have. What do you think of that view from the outside portion of the rooftop? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it feels like you're on a bow of a boat. And you can see all the way left, all the way to the Monomoy Islands, right, all the way in. You can see the ferry going across to Nantucket. And on a clear day, you can spot Nantucket. I mean, you'll be able to see the fireworks from Nantucket up there this summer. I mean, there's nobody else has a view like that. With your experience on Cape Cod, would you say that there there aren't many many places on one hand that you can count that might have the location, the service, and the food that we're going to be able to produce from that venue? Uh, I mean, we're in the top three, hands down. Wow. Well, this was my first opportunity to do something like this. Um, Likewise. I think a lot of, I think a lot of the team um, and a lot of people that know me, they know that I, I can be pretty passionate and pretty excited about certain things. Um, when we threw this around to the team about doing like a podcast, trying to get the team involved, talk about our passions, kind of talk about the Pelham house. Um, it really got me excited. And I think that the team saw that it was something that I was going to try to pull off. And I think we did. And I think uh, I am tremendously excited that you were a part of episode one. Uh, everything that you bring to the table, your experience, your passion, and your ability to tell people why you love what you do, as well as tell people why the Pelamos is going to be special, is um, exactly why we're pretty fortunate to talk to you on episode one of Let's Go. Let's Go. All right, so uh, we're signing off right, from the Pelhamouse Resort and Team Pelham. We'll be uh, coming back to you every few days, especially while we're in this stay-at-home order. And I can't wait to continue to introduce you to other team members as well as continue to tell you what's coming up and what's next for the Pelhamouse Resort. So on this Friday, April 10th, we wish you all a great weekend. And Chris, thank you very much for being part of the first episode of Let's Go. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later.